Before we dive into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a workshop that I am hosting the first week of June. This workshop is going to focus entirely on digital marketing. And the goal of this workshop is to help you bust through the confusion and overwhelm so that you can conquer digital marketing and grow your flower business. I am going to share with you in this workshop my step-by-step framework for leveraging digital marketing as a florist, and you will walk away with a personalized blueprint, clear action plan so that you know exactly where to focus your time, effort, and energy. And we're going to dive into understanding the most efficient and effective advertising platforms for you to market your business, how to leverage social media, and exactly where to prioritize your spending so that you can get your business in front of your dream customers. This workshop is being hosted online. Yes, if you can't join me live, there will be a video replay so that you can play catch up in your own time. I will leave the link to sign up to this workshop in the show notes so that you can grab your spot today. And then you get to join me on Zoom and we get to workshop your digital marketing plan and you get to make the most of the rest of 2024. So I would love to see you there. And I am so incredibly excited to host this workshop, share my process with you and make sure that you are crystal clear on exactly what to do to get found by those dream customers. So visit the link in the show notes, grab your spot today, and I will see you at the workshop. Welcome to the Thrive Podcast. I'm Kathleen Drennan, corporate executive turned creative entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll share all we've learned about marketing, money, and managing your mindset. I'll provide you with the tools and templates you can use today to grow your business and move one step closer to creating your best life. Ladies, you got this. Hello, my friends. What's shaking? Besides your moneymaker. That was something that we used to say each other in university. So, Liz, if you're listening, (laughs) we can all just laugh out loud. Anyway... It is here, a new day, a new podcast episode, and I'm so excited that you are joining me today, and I hope that you are doing well. Here in Australasia land, winter is upon us, autumn has officially hit, and we live in an area in Australia that's very un-Australian in the fact that it gets real cold. So it gets real cold at night, and this week... Today, I woke up and it said the temperature felt like 4.4 degrees. It's March. (laughs) Anyway, I do know that we definitely feel the cold come Easter is always kind of that first week, weekend in particular, where you might want to put an extra blanket on the bed and we have a wood-burning stove and it all sounds very un-Australian and very Canadian, so... This is why we love living here, folks. Indeed, that is true. So, I wanted today to talk to you about, possibly about, flower care tips and tricks. One of you guys sent a question in for the Instagram Live around what 
what do we need to learn? What do we need to know in terms of flower care tips and tricks? And I realized that we have a collective whatever five years of being thrown in the deep end of processing and learning about flowers and the amount that we know <laughs> in terms of how to care for flowers, how long it takes flowers to open, how long it might take an oriental lily to open versus a Asiatic lily versus a rose versus an iris versus a hyacinth versus a tulip. All these things are in my brain. So I thought I would just start with covering off a few kind of general tips and tricks. And as always, people, as always, if you guys have any specific questions, thoughts, ideas, flower care, whatevers, send me a message on the Instagrams which is, if you're not following me on Instagram, it is at littlebirdbloom, at L-I-T-T-L-E-B-I-R-D-B-L-O-O-M, littlebirdbloom. DM me, or as always, you can go to thrivepodcast.co and scroll down a wee little bit, and you will see the bit where you can suggest a question, show topic, etc. So, one of the things, when you jump into the world of flowering to become a florist is the whole idea of you need to learn so much like an encyclopedia's worth of flower care as well as being able to understand and identify the types of flowers that you may want to use now i don't believe you need to know every flower under the sun i think you can get by with I don't know, at flower school they made us learn, I think it was like 250 flowers and foliages. Even that's probably a stretch. We probably, like on a normal week, maybe 100, 150. Where it's going to come in very, very handy is when your clients send you a photo of something that they really like. So one thing is for you to be able to identify the specific name of a flower. Now, that doesn't need to lead you to believe that you have to use those flowers. It's simply, if you can identify the name of a flower and regurgitate that back to your client, your level of expertise skyrockets. When your level of expertise skyrockets, the trust factor increases tenfold. So you know how much I harp on around understanding and learning and becoming an expert in your industry. Learning about flower care is one of the ways that you can do that. And you will be surprised. There isn't necessarily grand differences between a lot of flowers. And what I wanted to walk you through today was, I think there's 10, some number of <laughs> top tips and tricks in terms of general care for flowers. And I have created a little bit of a freebie of this. So you can download it at thrivepodcast.co slash 16 and you can either type the number in or you can type in 16 like the word and then you just need to enter your email address and then you can download the pdf so you can use it at your own what is the word i'm looking for i feel like the rest of that sentence should be use it at your own peril but that is not correct use it at your own whimsy Use it to your own benefit. If you want to post it on your website, go for it. If you want to package it up as your own, go for it. Whatever you want to do with it, go for it. Just know that you have access to it and you can use it to help manage your own product for your own events, for your own shop, whatever it is, it is yours. Happy Christmas, people.
So jumping into my top tips and tricks, which is very hard to say quickly, but we are practicing our enunciation, aren't we? So I have, what is this? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yay! Who doesn't love top ten? So ten tips for flower care, just otherwise known as top tips. So tip number one, thing to learn. There are two major factors in terms of things that are going to affect the lifespan and the speed at which your flowers open. The first one is warmth. So if you want your flowers to open quickly, put them in a warm environment. If you want them to last as long as possible, keep them in a cool environment. If you are trying to coax your flowers open for a specific event, understanding the warmth factor is going to be pivotal. So you can 100% get away with running a very successful wedding and events flower business without a cool room simply by knowing how the warmth affects the flowers that you're going to use. So warmth is going to affect different flowers at different speeds in slightly different ways. There are flowers that naturally take a longer time to open. One of the ones that jumps to mind for me is an oriental lily. So we get them fresh in from the market. They could take 48 to 72 hours just to get like the little tip of the tip open, right? We tend to, in our shop with our, this sounds weird, weather conditions, <laughs> we know we need to probably put oriental lilies away something like six, seven, eight, nine, ten days before the event, before we want them to look spectacular. So that is just how things operate in our environment with the brightness factor that we have and the warmth factor that we have. So warmth is the number one thing that's going to affect the shelf life of your flowers, as well as the ability to get them to open quickly. Also remember too, if you keep your flowers in a warm environment, they're going to die faster. So it's a matter of experimentation, and I will get into that in a little bit. But I might just try and run through these fairly quickly. Second factor that's going to affect the shelf life of your flowers is the brightness of the environment that they're in. So that's going to sound a little bit crazy, but here is a tip. If you want flowers to last a long time, keep them in a cool, dark space. This brightness factor is something that we have been experimenting with quite a bit in the last few weeks. And I very much believe that keeping flowers away from daylight in a darker corner in the closet, in some place that's even under cover, possibly under a table, under tissue, under brown paper, all of those things that keep the brightness and the direct light away from them are going to make your flowers last even longer. So two biggest things to remember is the temperature of the environment and the brightness in the space. So warmer the environment, the faster your flowers are going to open, the shorter their lifespan. Cooler their environment, the longer they're going to last, the slower they will be to open. Second thing, brightness. Brighter the environment, faster they will open, shorter lifespan. Darker the environment, the longer they will last, the longer they will take to open. Yes, 
So the reason that you might feel compelled to buy a cool room is that it then helps you control both of those factors. So cool room, obviously you can set the temperature to, I think ours is set to like six degrees Celsius. So it's a very stable environment and it's six degrees all the time. It might go six, seven, eight, but it's not like it's going from six degrees to 36 degrees and back to six degrees. So you're able to control the temperature and our cool room in the studio has glass fronted panels. The cool room in the shop is fully enclosed. So even in the daytime, when the shop is open and the cool room is off, the girls will sometimes put flowers in the cool room, keep the door closed, but not necessarily turn the cool room on because they know that putting things in the dark is going to make them last longer. So if we haven't necessarily had as busy days as we would predict in the shop and we have a lot of beautiful product that we don't necessarily want to use first that we want to save manage your inventory the girls can be inclined to just actually put in that day's deliveries if it's coming from a local grower it might just go straight into the cool room the cool room may not even get turned on but we know if we keep it in a dark place that that's going to have a positive influence on the shelf life of our flowers Yes, so warmth and brightness, two biggest factors in terms of managing the lifespan and the openness of your flowers. Changing the water. So we change the water in the shop for everything at least once every 24 hours. When it comes to doing table arrangements, actually that's a lie, once every 48 hours. So we change the water in all of our buckets once every 48 hours. Sometimes it's even faster than that because if we're going through product and it needs to be then put into a smaller container, a smaller bucket, it's gonna go into fresh water. We also do the same thing if we're making table arrangements ahead of time. We will actually dump the water out and change the water if we're making them more than 24 hours in advance. This is definitely true if they're going into glass containers because being able to see all the residue and everything there drives me crazy. So changing the water is going to have a very positive influence on the shelf life of your flowers. So even if you are bringing your event flowers to your studio four or five days in advance, just remember to change the water. If you're working to a Saturday wedding or a Sunday wedding, definitely change the water like Thursday afternoon or Friday morning. If you're working to a Sunday wedding, you might want to do it again on Saturday afternoon. does totally depend on what you're making and what needs to happen and how many times you've changed the water already. But just something to keep in mind is that clean water is going to have a very positive influence on the shelf life of your flowers. Now, point number four, flower food. So everybody has their own point of view on flower food. You are entitled to your point of view. Do not change your ways. If you use flower food and it works for you, keep up the good work. We don't use it. And that's just purely because we never got into it. Previous owner of the shop never used it. So we were totally fine not to use it. We find having a clean container and changing the water regularly is going to make the flowers last longer than putting flower food in and leaving the water for however many other days. So remember, if you use flower food, feel free to just completely ignore what I'm saying. If it works for you, keep it up. If you don't use flower food, don't necessarily feel like you need to embrace it, use it, start using it now. 
Do remember, though, that if you are going to be following direction number three, which is to change the water, and you do use flower food, that then you need to put new flower food in the new water that you've made. Yeah? All good. So, point number five. Airflow. Now, this is going to sound crazy. <laughs> but, and this is very geeky and scientific, and my brother will love me because of this, but the way that the air flows through your studio, through your shop matters. You are going to have little pockets of warmth and little pockets of cool even within one room. Very likely the air that's higher up on a shelf is going to be warmer than the air that's at the ground. The air that's further away from the window is going to be cooler than the air that's closer to the window. Again, all of that is driven by those two factors of warmth and brightness. Remember from like grade six science how hot air rises? Yes. So if you want your flowers to open faster and you have the ability to put a bucket or vase or something on a top shelf, go for it. So if we get a call for a funeral service and it's going to be happening in, you know, less than a week's time and we need to put some product away and we need to encourage it to open, we are going to put it in a separate bucket and put it on as high a shelf as we can possibly reach. Now, don't be dangerous and don't be silly putting it up somewhere that A, you can't reach even on the top of a ladder later or that's going to be super precarious. That's not the point. The point is take advantage of the fact that the way that air flows is that hot air moves up. So if you want your flowers to open them, put them in a higher elevated space. It sounds crazy and it sounds completely nutty, but these are all the things that we actually take into consideration. If we get a phone call this afternoon for somebody who wants an all iris casket cover on Friday, I know without the shadow of a doubt, I can get fully closed iris in from the market on Wednesday morning and I can have all of those babies coaxed open, ready to go for the funeral service on Friday because we know how to open the flowers to the point that we want them to be and to use it in the space that we have, right? Because we know where the warm spots are, we know where the brightest spots are, etc., etc., etc. Yes? So don't be scared in thinking that you need to know all this stuff from the beginning because you don't. Because this is just purely years and years and years and years and years and days and days and days of experimentation, paying attention, keeping mental notes, keeping actual notes on how quickly some of this stuff works. So Next tip, clean stems. So when we get all of our stuff in from the market, if we're prepping for a wedding or event, we will strip the bottom half of the foliage off of our roses and the bottom half of the foliage off of anything that's gonna sit in water. So it is the foliage attached to the stems of your flowers that will break down in the water and it breaks down remarkably quickly. So. That foliage that's breaking down creates bacteria and it's all that microorganisms, that whole scientific biological system that then actually kills your flowers. So if you can clean the foliage off your stems before you put it into water, and then what's even better is change the water every 24 to 48 hours, you will be golden. So if you run a flower shop and you're processing flowers in from the market, definitely would encourage you just to strip that bottom little bit of foliage off, the bit that's gonna sit in the water. So even on our 
daisy chrysanthemums, on our oriental lilies, on roses. Like we'll just pull off that little bit that we know that's going to sit in the water because we know it's going to last longer. So the less foliage, the less stuff you can have kind of floating around in the water, the longer your flowers are going to last. And in addition to that, if you change the water every 24 to 48 hours, you'll be sweet. Totally sweet. Point number six, keep notes. Now, you guys know how much I love a good journal and you know how much I love journaling. And 100%, I believe that you could go to the dollar store, buy yourself a new journal that could just be around understanding flower care. Estimated shelf life, how long do these things take to open, everything can just be documented. So things that you need to learn. How long does it take a lily to open? How long does it take an iris to open? How long does it take for the rose to get from you and to be open to just that perfect amount of openness that you like for your design style? How long does it take a peony to open? How long does it take a tulip to open to the openness that you want it to be open? How long does it take a hyacinth to open to its complete fullness? So all of those things are things that none of us were born knowing. I am happy to tell you guys the answers to what works in our environment, but don't be afraid to try it out for yourself. Yes, it is all just one big giant experiment. So don't be afraid to literally get your geek on. Start yourself a journal that says irises purchased Tuesday, day one, make notes, day two, make notes, day three, make notes. If you want to be super eager, Buy yourself a bunch, take one stem and pull all the foliage off and put it in its own container. Take another stem and just trim the bottom and take a third stem and do something different to it and see if any of that affects the speed at which these things open. Put them in two different places, put them in three different places, put them in a dark cupboard, put them in a bright window, put them just in the center of the room. All of that stuff is absolutely worth experimenting with and worth knowing. And the value comes in you very intentionally sitting down to learn and document these things. Because you have no idea. You may get a phone call one day from, let us say, because this is a real story, this is not something that we did, but this is something that one of the girls up in Sydney did, is she got a call for doing an event for Tiffany. She had to do a giant installation in various shades of blue. She chose to use iris as one of her feature flowers. Now, she didn't want her iris to be fully open to expose the little yellow throat in them. She wanted them to be just showing their tips so that it was more about the blue and there was only like very few touches of gold throughout because it's Tiffany and it needed to be different shades of blue. So she needed to know how many days in advance she needed to buy her iris to make them look the way she wanted to look in time for the event. Yes, so lots of considerations in terms of, you know, how warm the space is when she did her installation, how old the irises were, how, you know, how many days does it, in quotes, normally take for those iris to open and how many days does she need to order these in advance to get them to the point that she wants to get them to. Right, So this is a whole area that I feel is incredibly important for you guys to understand and be intentional around learning 
And yes, you do have to get your geek on. And yes, it is about you understanding what's going to work in your environment. Because every single one of you, your workspace is different. The place you live in this world is different. The weather that you experience is different. And the flowers that you're using this week are different. So 100%. This is an instance where there is truly, truly, truly no right answer. But be sure to simply just keep notes. And absolutely, make a mental note or make an actual note in terms of where the warm spots are in your house or in your studio or in your shop. And just keep a note of it, right? One big science experiment. That's all that this is. It's just information. It's just information gathering for you to be able to do your job as well as possible. So imagine you knew that it took seven days for a Sarah Bernhardt peony to open from the time that you get it in from the market. That is going to have an impact on the days that you need to order your flowers in. Yes? It is very stressful knowing it's Thursday afternoon, you need to start making stuff, your wedding is Saturday morning, and your peonies aren't opening. All it takes is a little bit of experimentation. Put this in the category of preparing yourself to do your job very, very well. Point number eight, event flowers. So a couple things to keep in mind, and this will vary depending on what kind of business that you run. Because there are so many different types of floral design businesses, I wanted to cover off these two aspects. So. I have always thought that like event flowers and retail everyday shop bouquets are kind of like two different sides of your brain. But let me explain that a little bit further. So with your event flowers, you want them to be at their visual peak as the event is unfolding. So this is why we do things like order in lilies, iris, peonies, roses, hyacinths, tulips, anything else that needs a few days to actually open, we will hire, we will buy them in a few days before the event. How many days totally depends on the type of flower and the weather conditions at the time. We might be able to get away with in summer, not ordering them in as early as when it's in the middle of winter, it's going to take maybe twice as long for these things to open. Yeah? So when it comes to event flowers, many people are very shocked, a little bit stunned, gobsmacked, dumbfounded, whichever word you want to use to know that we oftentimes order our event flowers in three, five, seven, sometimes 10 days before the event is actually happening because we know we need to coax them open. So you want them to be at their absolute peak when the event is happening. Event flowers are not necessarily meant to then have a long shelf life after the fact, right? You're not expecting somebody to be able to walk away with a wedding centerpiece. It's going to last them an additional seven to 10 days. It might. It is possible, 100% possible, but that is not the intention, right? The intention is to dress the room and bring theater and glamour and romance to the day at the event. It is not meant to then necessarily last for an additional five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 days. On the other hand, and this is point number nine, on the other hand, when it comes to the world of everyday flowers and retail businesses, 
we walk into that mentality wanting our customers to enjoy their flowers for at least an additional seven days after the fact. Now, sometimes that is a total stretch. Sometimes we know these flowers are only gonna last three to four days, but we will tell our customers that. In an ideal world though, we want our customers to be able to enjoy their flowers for an additional seven to 10 days. We have heard from some of our customers that their flowers have lasted two and a half to three weeks. So I would obviously say those customers know how to take care of their flowers. They've probably read my flower tips before, or at least they took our advice on board. Clean water, clean container, changing the water every 24 to 48 hours. That is certainly the exception. But we know when somebody walks out of the shop with a bouquet or we deliver a bouquet to somebody's house, we want those flowers to last another five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten days. So it is very likely, very, very likely, particularly when they get bouquets that include things like lilies and iris and hyacinths and tulips in them, all of those things are going to be very tight and very closed because we want to bring them in from the market and get them out into our customers' hands as early as possible so that they can enjoy them, not so that we can enjoy them, to get them in our customers' hands as soon as possible. This is where I believe, particularly when it comes to retail floristry and packaging bouquets and arrangements, that wrapping and ribbons and how you present your bouquets is incredibly important. So you might be presenting something that's, you know, five stems of lilies, some foliage and some Queen Anne's lace. And in our case, almost the whole time, all of those lilies are gonna be quite closed. So it's not going to have as wow an impression as it might three days from now when all the lilies start to open. A, we manage our customers' expectations on that, but B, we wrap things beautifully. Yes, beautifully. So that hopefully by the time they wake up the next morning, things have started to open. And more importantly, if they've remembered to put more water back in the vase with their lilies, that they're gonna get enjoyment out of those things for like two weeks. So. When it comes to your shop bouquets, remember that it is about shelf life and encouraging your customers, I shouldn't say encouraging, remembering that it's about your customers enjoying them as long as possible. On the flip side, your event flowers are about having them at their peak, at their perfection during the event itself. The shelf life after the event isn't necessarily going to be as long as for something like that might walk out of the shop. Hopefully that makes sense, but I just want you guys to be very aware that coming at how you manage flowers for retail and everyday flower deliveries is quite different to how you manage flowers for events. Wherever you can, if you're dealing with customers in both spaces, manage your expectations on that, make them happier at the end of the day, but just remember the flowers that you're buying for an event aren't necessarily exactly the same flowers, they don't need to be in the same state as those that you buy for a shop. Uh-huh. Now, point number 10, things to think about when you're trying to coax your blooms open. So this is getting into that space of trying to figure out how you open your flowers to make them look as perfect as possible for your event. So all you need to do is go back to those three factors at the beginning. One, a warmer environment will encourage them to open faster. A cooler environment means that they will take longer to open. 
too. Brighter space. Brighter spaces will open your flowers faster. Darker spaces will encourage them to last longer. So feel free to do weird things in this situation. Put your flowers in the closet. Put your flowers in the garage. Put your flowers in the attic. Put your flowers in the linen cupboard. Put your put brown paper over your flowers. All of those things, anything you want to do to kind of protect the light, manage the light that comes into your flowers are going to ensure that they have a longer shelf life. So if it's, let's say, Friday morning and you feel like your flowers are kind of at their perfect openness, don't be afraid to cover them in brown paper. It's going to sound completely nutty. Or put like a piece of silk over top of them, a piece of cloth over top of them, something that's really delicate, but something that's going to help prevent and block the light from getting to them. And that will help them maintain that perfection a little bit longer. Tip number three in coaxing your blooms open is managing the amount of foliage that's on the stems. Now, this is going to sound even nuttier than some of my last nutty suggestions, but if you pull all the foliage off of your flower, that means that the energy that the bloom still has, all of it's going to go into managing the bloom of that flower itself. So if you want your flowers to open faster, pull off all the foliage. If you want your flowers to open a little bit slower, keep the foliage on. Now, always remember you don't want to have any foliage on the stems when they're sitting underneath, under the waterline. But if you're looking for your roses to open up faster, as soon as you get them in from the market, trim the stems and strip off as much foliage as you can. If you want a little bit of foliage on there in terms of how you actually want to design with them, keep that in mind. But just know, same goes with things like hyacinths, tulips, iris, lilies, even um, chrysanthemums. Like we get some of our daisy chrysanthemums in and they're quite, the petals are still quite kind of tight. They haven't opened up all the way. If you pull all the foliage off, that means that the energy that's in that bloom is going to go into opening the flower head, right? It doesn't then, if you've pulled the foliage off, it doesn't need to spend any energy on keeping that foliage alive. Hopefully that makes sense. A couple other bonus things I am going to say is one, always remember that a flower that has a scent is never going to last as long as a flower without a scent. So scented flower has a shorter shelf life than an unscented flower. One exception that comes to mind for me is an oriental lily. On that note, one of the ways to keep an oriental lily open, and I should say all lilies open for longer, is to pull off or to cut off the stamens and any of the pollen that appears on there. So the pollen actually then falling on to the petals of a lily is its self-managing process in terms of, oh, now it's time to die. So if you can pull all that pollen out so that it doesn't actually drop onto the petals of the lily, A, you're going to save yourself so much energy in terms of managing stains. <laughs> but it's also going to mean that your lily is going to just last way, way longer. So hot tip for you there. I think I'm going to leave it at that today because that is, for some of us, it might be a little bit dull and boring, but don't forget you can always come back and listen to this over again. Yes? But I just want you guys to know, to remember, let us say five things, in addition to the ten things that are on your PDF. Five things. One, nobody was born knowing this stuff. 
right? This is all just trial and error over the course of however many years of running this business. So don't beat yourself up for not knowing this stuff. So much of this stuff, you will always be able to find random tips and tricks on Google and on YouTube, but it is going to vary in terms of the specific varieties that you're working with and the environment that you're working in. So you need to figure out what works best for you. Point number three is if you buy shit flowers, they're going to stay shit. Yes, I know that sounds incredibly harsh, but you get what you pay for when it comes to the wholesalers. There is a reason now. I remember one of my teachers saying very early on, there is a reason that some of the stuff at the market is discounted so heavily. Don't be fooled. It is totally acceptable and fine. There are times where you can buy the discounted flowers because it's going to serve a specific purpose. You don't necessarily need it to last forever and you're trying to create a certain effect. But just be very intentional when you're going into the discount section at the wholesalers and understand that there is a reason that it's on discount. Yes? So you 100% pay. You get what you pay for when it comes to flowers. It is worth budgeting and making sure you have the budget and buying the more expensive flowers because you have such a more beautiful end product. Four, don't be afraid to keep notes, right? Like this, you're getting into the world of understanding like biology and the science of flowers and there are people out there who live and breathe this stuff. Don't be afraid to start journaling and understanding what works for you. And point number five is... Don't be shy in terms of asking your wholesalers or, more importantly, the growers. If you have access to locally grown product, don't be afraid to talk to the growers about how to best care for those flowers. These people who grow flowers are a wealth of knowledge. They are like multi-generation grower of very specific things. So they are their own Wikipedia in terms of how to care for and manage some of this product. I will say, though, one asterisk to go with that final point. They are experts when it comes to growing the flowers. They may not necessarily understand how best to manage the product in terms of doing what it is you're trying to do with them. Yes, so they will inevitably always do their own trials around like cutting the stem and figuring out how many days some of their blooms are actually lasting in their own house or in their own environment. But their house, their environment, their farm, their shed is not the same as your flower studio. So ask questions, get as much information from them as absolutely possible, but don't forget to also try it out for yourself and keep notes. Yes? And as always, guys, thank you so much for listening to this one. It's a little bit dull and boring, but I think very important. And as always, don't forget just to send me any questions. So make sure you're following me on at littlebirdbloom on the Instagrams. And if you have any questions or idea for a show, please do not hesitate to submit them at thrivepodcast.co. I love, 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 love hearing from you guys, particularly wherever you are in the world and particularly sharing wherever you are on your flower journey. This has just been so much fun, and I am so grateful to have you listening today. And thank you again. Spread the word. Share it with your friends. Share the podcast with your friends. Share all the Instagram lives with your friends. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram. And I will be showing up live for Q&A every Monday morning, Australian Eastern Standard Time. And then we do a design time on Thursday mornings. So... 
anything you guys want to learn, shoot me a note, send me a message, all the things. And I hope you're having a beautiful day. And if anybody sees a unicorn, let me know. I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.